People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Anticipated episode 97 of the 20 by 20 ring crew. I'm your co host Joe. God damn it, it's been a hell of a long time. And I'm here with my brother Matt. Matt, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, stranger? Oh, shit. It has been way too long uh, since we've done this. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for anyone still listening and hanging in there with us. It has been um, tumultuous and crazy and a plethora of words that uh, I can't even begin to describe right now. It's it's just the world is is not the same uh, by 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 any means um, in my eyes anyway. So um, it's hard. Fair, it, fair it, assessment. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to sit there and um, kind of put put all of this into a nutshell. But. Um, for all intent and purposes, we're gonna stick to to what we're what we want to talk about, and that's pro wrestling. And um, much like everything out there in the world, uh, things are changing very rapidly. And uh, prof- professional wrestling is, is is not immune to that. Um, man, I don't even know where to begin. First of all, it's good to be back. Yeah, it is good it, to be back. <laughs> it's good to be back and and back in the the saddle, if you will, uh, the the twenty by twenty headquarters. And 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 we, it wouldn't be an episode of this podcast if we didn't tell you that per usual we have wrestling on the background, and uh, you know it's wrestling still exists. Wrestling still exists, and uh, one thing we're going to talk about later on in this podcast more in detail: New Japan Pro Wrestling, the New Japan Cup. Uh, is happening. We're watching that right now as we currently see uh, a match that we probably wouldn't have seen without the the pandemic, in, if you will. And that's uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Yuji Nagata in the New Japan Cup. Uh, so that's quite the gem right here. Um, also, too, we have is the the June twenty second edition of of Monday Night Raw. Uh, that's more of a filler, uh, just because I got two TVs and why the hell not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, we we definitely we talked about that in episode ninety six many months ago that you know wrestling is not going to be immune to to this pandemic, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You know we're not a political show. We're not going to sit here and discuss our feelings regarding all this stuff. But uh, the obvious is 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 very blunt, very plain as day. The world has definitely changed, and uh, we have to adapt to that now. And that's kind of been the the focal point of bringing this podcast back is is uh, will it? I mean, will we ever be able to talk about wrestling the same way that we have previously? And and and, and probably will at some point. But for the foreseeable future, this COVID nineteen pandemic is not going away. Uh, but with that being said, pro wrestling is slowly coming back to as much normalcy as it possibly can right now. And uh, before we get into any of that, 
ladies and gentlemen, I want to personally thank everybody that is uh, tuning in to episode 97 here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, 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 look, you know, being being gone, just like with pro wrestling, time off is, is anybody's worst enemy, you know, especially when it comes to something like this. So we hope everyone's doing well. I know some, you know, there's a lot going on, and, and we're not going to go into detail of, of all the bad stuff because we've, we see it every day right now. We see it all the time. So the goal that Joe and I are going to bring to you on, on this podcast, the same that we've always done since day one, is we're going to try to be entertaining and maybe informative and, and, and try to push this love of professional wrestling that we have. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm probably going to assume that you love professional wrestling too. So, I mean, I know I have a good voice and everything, but <laughs> but I, I, I think I think it's because of the love of professional wrestling. So we're going to try to entertain you. We're not. We, we we will have to talk a little bit about COVID this episode because this is kind of our return episode. But it's not so much about the pandemic itself. We don't want to give this thing any more any more of the spotlight that it already doesn't deserve. You know, it's 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 bad. It's bad. And say I'll leave it at that. But we have to, in order for us to talk about what's going on in the wrestling world, we do have to talk about how this has affected the business and it's it's definitely taken its toll on, on quite a lot of things um some of the biggest impacts of of covid 19 of course is well for one we we have wrestling without an audience which is something that i've never gotten used to uh and i don't know if if you know i ever could get used to but that is one example wrestling without an audience that led to a lot of really odd moments, especially in the beginning, for certain companies, for certain companies such as WWE, where you had a wrestling show in a training facility with nobody, nobody in the ring, nobody at ringside besides camera guys and commentators. When this first happened, Joe, what was your take on empty arenas? Well, if you go back to episode 95 or 96... 96. Um, I had mentioned just how just how idiotic it was for them to do that because for a company who's, who's had to do something like that previous, back in the 80s, what they would do, if, if it was meant for, for, the, for the match or the show to be a legitimate empty arena match that's mm-hmm. one thing but yeah otherwise what they used to do is they would have all the other talent out there and so that was my question back then like why didn't they have the other talent out there it, it to me it seemed like a no-brainer and that yeah and that was the uh that was the the burning question in in my mind like what are they doing like clearly you do have an audience. They're just in the locker room in the back. Like, make them come out and and be a part of of the product. Mm-hmm. And uh, much to my chagrin, uh, AEW beat them to the punch right away. Man. Right away. Right away. And it's like, wow, you know, wow, they're actually someone's actually paying attention <laughs> to what pro wrestling is. You know, um, talking about empty arena shows and just how things have progressed and changed since the beginning of this pandemic. I'm sitting down, uh, taking notes for this episode with my kid 
and we we were watching the New Japan Cup from June twenty second, and uh, she asked me a really good question that I wanted to pose to you because I'm curious. I want to pick your brain about this. So at this point, in in the state that pro wrestling is in, you know, obviously we have two two separate arenas going on on the televisions right now. Yeah, each of them has. Uh, very small audiences, but they do have audiences at this point. Mm-hmm. What's really separating pro wrestling from all other sport, sports at this point in the way of functioning? Because at the moment, we are doing without Major League Baseball. Yeah. And uh, we're doing without the NBA. Mm-hmm. And uh, the upcoming month, in the upcoming months, we will see whether or not it affects the National Football League, but sure. what's, is it just a money thing at this point? I I would say so. I, I think, uh, I mean, you could argue and say that, you know, when you talk about team sports, you have more people in, instead of, you know, one-on-one matches, you know, you have, let's say for a baseball team, you know, MLB, a roster size of 25 and a dugout together, you know, there's that player safety, I guess, that that's coming about, but... I don't necessarily buy into that. I don't buy into that either because, at, you know, even if if we're not counting New Japan, mm. if you look at WWE, think about all of the talent that has to travel place to place, even if it's the same venue over and over. Yeah. You know, they, no, still, they still have all those people there, and you can't tell me they don't because they're right there in the audience. And now. they're certainly not all six feet apart either. Uh, right. So, I mean, yeah. I, we're I, wearing masks. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't buy into that at all. I, I mean, if you, not to go into a deep discussion about this, but like if you're talking like MLB, that's exactly what the situation is. It's okay. a it's a money thing. Uh, NBA, as of this recording, actually as of this recording, both MLB and NBA have a plan to go back. Um, but yeah, it's it's the it's almost the end of June. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're gonna get a sixty day we're gonna get a sixty day MLB season. But the thing is, is like. You know, it, it became a, it became a, a money thing of like essentially players wanted to make the same amount of money or close to it that they would make in a regular season. And look, it's that's a whole back and forth thing. It's a whole nother podcast. You know, there's there's plenty of podcasts out there that would go into detail of that, but it definitely does become a money thing. I think with pro wrestling, it's always been I, why I love pro wrestling. I think why it stands out among so many other sports things. Again, like professional wrestling is sports entertainment. It's not you know, real, if you will. But there's that level of passion. There's that level of passion that, that exists. And I'm not, you know, discrediting MLB and NBA players saying they're not passionate about the sport. But when you hold out because you don't want to lose a few million dollars when you're already making 15 to 20 or $30 million a year. I think that speaks volumes. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty shitty. You know, these, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, these guys were itching to get back in the ring. They just couldn't. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of wrestlers are itching to get back into it, but they can't. They're stuck at home. Um, you know, you have you have so many different situations where they just they couldn't do what they wanted to do. And on top of that, you know, it's it's hard to do a professional wrestling show without a live audience because another thing that separates pro wrestling from the rest of the sports world is that it relies on fan interaction more than any other industry, really. 
I mean, you watch a wrestling show, no matter how good it is, if it's in front of nobody, it's just it's hard to get that excitement. It's hard to draw in that excitement. I'm not saying they're not good matches. You can have a great match, but without that, without that fan interaction, there, it's it is it is very eerie the entire time. It is, and but you know what? Um, again, I'm, I was sitting down where uh, my daughter and I watching wrestling together, and we started off by watching some WWE content, which I'll t- talk about later in this episode. Okay. And after a couple matches, specific matches that we're watching, I turned on the New Japan show from June 22nd. Mm -hmm. She watched as much as she could with me because she had uh, an engagement to get to. But, like, she was genuinely happy to watch pro wrestling again. Albeit to an empty... But she was happy. She was like... We were watching... um, Sonata take on Taguchi for uh, the first round of the New Japan Cup. And I'm sitting here jotting down notes on my notepad, and you could hear her in the back of me like, oh, oh. And, uh, you know, she she was legitimately watching it, which did, did my heart a world of good. Um, so much so that she was like, Dad, look, uh, Taguchi had Sonata in an ankle lock. And then he dropped down and elbowed the back of his leg. And she's like, have you ever seen that before? And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't recall. Um, but just watching that content, going from WWE to a New Japan show, right? Like minutes apart, the the differences are like more than glaring. And it's... It's laughable at best. Uh, you know, you the other day you had talked to me about, um, you know, will will a company like New Japan experience any kind of ring rust? And I could tell you right now from watching um, a full show or a show and a half, not much has, has missed a beat. You know, I, I, I made a comment to you earlier before we started recording this that uh, there was a little... Uh, there was something a little off in the chemistry between Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. in their match for the first round of the New Japan Cup. But it was still a hell of a match, despite that. And and, and it wasn't a whole lot. So, just seeing that, um, she she said this before I did, but she says, Dad, New Japan... She's like, they're going to be okay. It's, it's like, she's like, this is a sport. Mm-hmm. And that's why I brought up the whole MLB and NBA thing, because that was one of the companies she originally asked me about. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, they're, they're coming back. And, you know, actually I'm going to watch a, one of the shows, meaning mm-hmm. New Japan. Right. And so she put New Japan in line with the MLB and the NBA. WWE was nowhere in that conversation. And if you watch, which you can do, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW to get your free trial, 30 days. Sit and watch some of these these newer shows. And it it's, it's equatable to watching a boxing match. Almost. Yeah. 
And if not that I'm a boxing fan or that I've watched boxing in years because I haven't, but yeah, not these days. But um, it it had that similar feel. It felt mm-hmm. it feels like you're watching a real sport, even though it's predetermined. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're watching Raw, or we're watching Raw now, and it's not quite the the same feeling for for a myriad of reasons. But I found that really fascinating. That um, even a 16-year-old kid could sit there and spot the difference even after all this shit is going on. It's, it's, it's amazing. WWE, WWE and AEW and Impact Wrestling, three major companies here in the United States, uh, they have continued to release weekly content. Uh, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they one, they were able to. That's first and foremost, like, they were able to stay open during throughout the pandemic, and on top of that, you know, they have contracts. They have contracts where they have to release content for their networks, whether it be, you know, a, a lot, preferably a live wrestling show, or they got to start putting some stuff together and packaging up and giving them because they got three hours. They they have three hours in their contract, three hours every every Monday night to release something. So. These companies stay stay on. They stayed on. And, you know, people are going to argue, per usual, the marks will never go away. But WWE doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. But they do. Uh, because competition is always going to exist. And WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling all had exclusive opportunity, almost, to showcase their talent amongst all of professional wrestling because the wrestler role was shut down. Most of Japan was shut down. New Japan Pro Wrestling didn't come back until June. Until June, ladies and gentlemen. They didn't come back to. All Japan Pro Wrestling was shut down for a while. Pro Wrestling Noah was shut down for a while. WWE, WWE never shut down. AEW never shut down. Impact Wrestling never shut down. Impact Wrestling and AEW, albeit... Not the best shows during this pandemic, but they delivered professional wrestling. WWE has the ultimate platform to showcase good wrestling. Good, even if it's not uh, the best wrestling match, like they tried to build with the Randy Orton Edge situation at Backlash. (laughs) Even if it's not that... They had opportunity to showcase how much talent they actually have on that roster. And they, time and time again, decided to do the complete opposite of that. And it started with things like WrestleMania. WrestleMania this year was, that was the first big event, was what's going to happen with WrestleMania. It's fucking WrestleMania. It's the biggest show of the year. No matter, no, no matter how much of a bad taste that leaves my mouth to say that, it is traditionally the biggest wrestling show of the year. And and this particular year, because of the pandemic, they were confined to the, the performance center in front of nobody. It was under debate of whether they should put the show on or not. They decided the show must go on. Did you watch WrestleMania before I go on? Uh... I watched I watched a few matches. Okay. So 
night one of WrestleMania was all that I needed to see. And I'm not going to go into extreme details of WrestleMania because that was months ago now. But the night one of WrestleMania was all I needed to see to prove that WWE truly, in their fucking, like, right mind that they fucking think they have, truly does not know how to be fucking entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about... (laughs) Tell me how you really feel, man. There's a couple matches... If you want to call them that, they were. I want to talk about later on, but oh yeah, we're gonna talk about them. But I want to talk about one particular match in particular here, and that is it has nothing to do with one of the top matches. It was a match between Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. Okay. Daniel Bryan, we call him Bryan Danielson on this podcast. <laughs> but for those who don't know, don't know. For those who don't know what we're talking about, Daniel Bryan. Sami Zayn, no gimmicks, two of the best professional wrestlers to ever step foot in the 20 by 20 ring, bar none. Yeah. Daniel Bryan is accompanied to the ring by Drew Gulak, one of the best mat technicians in the world today. And then Sami Zayn is accompanied by Cesaro, formerly known as Claudio Castagnale, and Shinsuke Nakamura. You have five elite members of any roster yeah. coming out for a match. Now, it's a one-on-one match. But five elite fucking talented wrestlers. And I get you just sports entertainment, but here you are. Let's be a fucking melting pot. Let's be a fucking, you know, the, the ultimate variety show. That's what professional wrestling is supposed to be. And what do you do? The same fucking... Stupid bullshit shenanigans that every other match had. Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan wrestled. I, I think the match went on for like nine minutes. They probably wrestled for 30 seconds in that match. It was so heartbreaking to see that level of talent be wasted. Be wasted. Yeah. And here you are, you're during a pandemic. People who don't watch wrestling got nothing to fucking do. So let's let's give them the best fucking show we can, yeah, right? Here's your opportunity. You know, you think wrestling is stupid? Oh, hey, look what we got. Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. You two go out there and you put on the best match you possibly can and show them how unstupid, if that's even a word. <laughs> <laughs> how unstupid professional wrestling is and show them like a good time because we're going to give them nonsensical bullshit later on and and, and on the on that particular night and the following night we're going to give them that but also let's show them that wrestling can be this no let's do the exact same thing over and over and over again and that was all that i needed to see all i needed to see was they they don't fucking get it yeah. they they have no fucking clue to what the fuck they're doing. And you had people... I remember talking about the WrestleMania. And people who haven't watched wrestling in a long time. You know, tell me, like, man, you still watch this shit? You still watch this? <laughs> it's stupid. It's just, and not only that, because they, they gave WrestleMania away for free. Which wasn't a bad idea. They're fucking WWE. They can afford to do that. That's fine. But it's... <laughs> 
what you saw that night was embarrassing. As a as a professional wrestling fan, who even even with that being said, doesn't take WWE seriously, but I was hopeful in that match. So like, give me at least ten solid minutes. Ten minutes, all I need. You know, they those guys can go on for an hour, and and it would be, it could be it could be match of the year candidate. It goes under ten minutes, and they wrestle for roughly thirty seconds. I mean, that's all I needed to see, and. It just it just continued to get fucking worse. You know, we we saw on, on the episode the June twenty second episode of Raw, for example, Street Profits versus Viking Raiders in a tag team match <laughs> that took almost a month and a half to 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 finally happen, which ended up being a very mediocre match. But before that we had to have those guys do pole vaulting and bowling and basketball. All the things that were supposed to have gone away in the eighties and nineties, because of a pandemic now, let's let's bring it back because we got nothing else to do. Because wrestling is not an option, and that's my tangent goes back to that. AEW Impact Wrestling, they put on wrestling shows. Are is there nonsensical shit that goes on in it? Of course there is because it's professional wrestling. That's part of the deal. However. They still focus on the 20 by 20 ring. They still focus on what goes inside those ropes. And WWE just did the complete opposite per usual. And it has failed tremendously. Um, which brings me to the point of losing out, losing on money. Because that's a, a, has, has been a big factor. A big factor with, with everybody, with any company during this whole pandemic. WWE has lost a ton of money, which is to be expected because you're not doing live shows. That's a big part of your profit. But it has done so in ways to where they had to do a lot of cutting. Now, by doing that, Joe, you you cut people that... A lot of these people had talent. A lot of these people... I mean, you're talking good, talented guys here that they just never use, which, you know, it, it could happen anywhere. But... These cuts that they made, could this have been prevented in a sense of, not because, I mean, again, you're losing money because of of COVID, but the point I'm trying to make is, are they losing more money by continuously release nonsensical, repetitive bullshit over and over and over again? Like, was the live crowd, albeit, not as impressive as they used to be prior to the pandemic was the live crowd and merchandise sales keeping them afloat because what they have now is strictly ad campaigns and no live audience t-shirt sales merchandise sales is not as high as as it could be and it seems like we're just cutting we're just trying to cut fat if you will Instead of getting to the, the meat of, of everything and changing your fucking product, altering your product to where you don't have to cut talent to, to that degree. Because there was a lot of people I can, that we can name off that were cut. There, there was a laundry list of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, for one, I mean, let's face it. You shouldn't, you're, your roster should never be that huge. Agreed. Um, 
because it's too much. It's too much, and I understand you're not doing live shows, you're not touring or anything like that during a time like this, so what do you do with those people? Well, anyone who has half a brain, you let them do what they do, you let them wrestle. And instead of coming up with things for them to do and things, you know, matches for them to wrestle in, you don't get that. You get here's here's who here's the little group of the roster that we're selecting to use. Mm-hmm. Everybody else can fuck off. And to answer your question, are they losing a lot of money? Yeah, but I don't think it's as much money as you and I think. I think it's much less because they're do, they're still doing whatever they need to do to appease all of their um, sponsors. And those 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 ad dollars from those ad campaigns and their sponsors, they're they're still rolling in, um, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, are they losing money? Absolutely. You know what business isn't at this point? But is it as bad as we think it is? Maybe not. Obviously, when it comes to those cuts, a lot of uh, you know WWE's losses, a lot of companies gain and. Uh, and that's you know that's something that they've tried to prevent. Mm. You know how many times have we heard, or you know it, it's become pretty common knowledge that mm. this company will sign people just so that they don't compete anywhere else. Right. I think a lot of I think out of all those people that have been cut, a good percentage of those people are those people, mm-hmm. the people that they specifically signed, so that hey, you can't go wrestle here, you can't go wrestle there, and become. Our opposition, right? So, and now that it's happening, um, it'll be interesting to see where a lot of those people end up. Um, you know, they decided to keep Drew Gulak, which I'm not happy about because initially he was let go, and then uh, they must have figured something out and realized his true worth and got him to resign. But uh, or maybe he's going to wear the Dr. Seuss hat and. Maybe you know, and uh, you know, shame on them for letting the revival go. They're like the fucking best tag team out there right now. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know full well what I'm saying, and I understand that the Young Bucks are still a tag team. Trust me. Um, but <laughs> damn, I mean, how do you, how do you let that go? We want people to listen to this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm wearing. Hey, I'm wearing a Young Buck shirt as as we do this podcast. So, <laughs> although I never looked at the Young Bucks as the best tag team out there today, I mean they they're no they're not as good as them boys. So, there you go. But uh, but yeah, I mean uh, the FTR, the revival, whatever you want to call them. I mean it is it is the hottest thing happening right now, and rightfully so. Those guys are they're they're going to. They're they're gonna pilot their own careers from here on out, and and rightfully so. Yeah, that's where it should they, be. They made the smart the smartest decision. Yeah, and you know, and and you know, I I, I read just to kind of jump jump out of here. Like a lot, there's there's other people who are saying the same thing. You know, Carl Anderson, same thing. It's you know, hell no, it's not like a deal with WWE at, at this point in time. It's just not in the in the works. Like he doesn't want it. Yeah, but he also, if I'm not mistaken, him and Gallows took quote-unquote guaranteed money to stay, and then they got cut anyway because, yeah. 
I, th I think I heard this from, I heard it from Stone Cold Steve Austin first, but um, I think he got it from Jim Cornette where, like, if you sign, if you sign a five-year contract and you're let go after 90 days, you didn't sign a five-year contract. You signed a 90-day contract. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these guys who were supposedly going to get guaranteed money from the WWE are realizing now because both Gallows and Anderson have been let go. You know, and yeah. AJ, AJ Styles came out and, you know, he felt bad because he, he couldn't, quote-unquote, save his, his little brothers. But that's that's the way this, this company was. And, and if you think about mm -hmm. it, that's those two guys in particular. Since we're talking about them, they got signed by the WWE originally, so that they couldn't go couldn't compete anywhere else. Yeah, it wasn't because of their talent, which they are very talented. But that's not why they signed them. They signed them so they couldn't go compete. No, I mean else. the same thing. You know, I, I recently recently heard an interview with Tomatonga. Like that was going to be the same thing with him. It was going to yeah. be, uh, you know, this this lucrative deal. And, like, he would be the first one to tell you, like, they didn't throw... It was just money. It was money that they were throwing at him. Um, it was That was when New Japan finally signed his brother, Tangaloa, and that's what made him stay. But, I mean, we were that close to seeing Tama Tonga in WWE, which means a much different landscape in pro wrestling. Tama Tonga is a lot more important than people will give him credit for. And, I mean, for him to be in WWE doing what exactly? You know, I mean... Probably jobbing to people, just you know, more than likely being like the fucking third Uso. Yeah, because that's that's what this company does. They yeah, they, they, they typecast people. And, well, yeah, they would have started off. He would have started off in uh, you know, Islander garb and in the whole night. Yeah, cause Come, we, coming out barefoot to the ring. You haven't seen that like before, that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, there's so much going on uh, with with the, with the the pro wrestling world during the the time off. Uh, we can't go over everything, there, so we're gonna try to give you you know as much cliff notes as we can. But uh, one way that you can watch and see for yourself, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. It's all one word. Get a subscription through us and show us some love, and you get 30 days absolutely free. So you don't have to actually spend any money if you don't want to. <laughs> you get an entire thirty days, but there is a ton of stuff on it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not anti WWE. I don't care what anybody says. There's a lot of good content on the WWE network, and I've been a subscriber since day one. Yeah, the the, the network has a plethora of of uh, old old school wrestling on there. Even if it's edited, like it's still there. It's, yeah, it's still there for the viewing. Tons of stuff to Can't watch. Beat it, man. Tons of stuff. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of firings. The the, the show, the you know, shows, you know, there's. Not a lot to really talk about. I mean, WWE again. They had they had opportunities, you know, with with their with their pay per views. They had Money in the Bank. They had Backlash. One of the one of the only highlights for me, and again, I'm going to sound very typical for anyone that's that's followed this this, this podcast, is I'm very pro NXT, and even though NXT for me hasn't been at its best, and and again, a lot of that has to do with what's going on and. And uh, just again that that lack of crowd, that lack of crowd, it does it does play a role in it. But having said that, they still went out there and stayed true to their formula during their pay per view, which was NXT Takeover in your house, 
which was pretty cool to see. It was also a play on the original In Your House pay-per-view with the with the whole ring setup and everything. Hell of a show. Was yeah. was was NXT Takeover uh, In Your House. Um, so my point is, there's no excuse to to not put on good shows. It's just they just continuously don't. And I'm not going to talk about that anymore because there's one thing COVID related that I want to talk about because one thing that the quote-unquote experts, and again, we're going to stay politically out of this, are saying that this thing's not going away anytime soon, that our new norm is going to be dealing with this thing. How does this affect, in your opinion, if you can pull out your your, your, uh, crystal ball, how is this going to affect professional wrestling in the long term, specifically the thing that we love the most, and that's indie wrestling? That's, uh, you know, common sense. There's always more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. um, And with that being said, it all it all boils down to creativity. Every wrestling company, whether they deem themselves sports entertainment or professional wrestlers, there's there's always that creative aspect of of what you're doing, and you have to find a creative way to go about solving your problems, especially in pro wrestling. It's always been a part of the process. It's not going to stop being part of the process. So what do you do? I think New Japan is getting off to a great start with their their New Japan Cup. Um, and let's face it. The entire time uh, you're watching a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown, what have you, you don't see the crew or or anybody like that take time to physically sanitize or clean the ring area. New Japan will take... First of all, everybody has masks on that aren't in the ring working. Right. But then during their intermission, what do they do? They clean the ring. Yeah. They clean the ring side. I think if if long if we're talking long term, I think more pro wrestling companies should follow suit mm-hmm. and just make it a thing. And uh, you know, not not to not to get too political about all this, but let's face let's 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 call it like it is. You know, America, this country was founded on exploitation to an extent, so. Why not just keep adding to it and pick up sponsors that are that have to do with cleaning and sanitizing? Make them a part of your show. So I, uh, you know, what's it going to hurt? What's it going to hurt if they've got uh, one of the ring crew wiping down, you know, ropes and shit with Lysol or Clorox or you know? So my my nine to five. you know, I deal with uh, I, my company is uh, was listed essential because we service other companies. Sure. And uh, you know, I've I've been in companies where you know they were making hand sanitizer. I did a 
I did a company not that long ago that that's making parts for for ventilators, you know, as well as other stuff, food and, and you know, etc. Like, and, and not essential companies are getting back to business too. But like, the the, the point I'm trying to make is like I've, I've I've gone to all these places and everyone seems to be doing something a little different, but also being the same. And to your point, I you know I was I was working today and, and the company that I was into that I went into was. Um, you know, it had it had a big like a uh, like sign that says that this building has been sanitized by ServPro, and it just that's another thing that they could do on their banners. You know, yeah. like if whoever's come, whatever company is coming in to clean it down, assuming that's a third party company, um, could very well just be like, hey, like you know, this you know, let's put our name on it, like. We're the ones that clean it down. Because, again, if this is going to be the new normal, I mean, why not make a business out of it? You know, exploitation is not as bad as, you know, it can be a bad thing at times. But it's not a bad thing in this case because you're creating revenue. You're creating potential jobs. And you're you're taking a a really bad negative and turning it into a positive. It's not a bad idea at all. And uh, certainly, uh, if this is going to be the new, new normal, that's... That's money left off, left on the table if, if not taken advantage of, in my opinion. I mean, sponsorship is always going to be huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's that's definitely ideal. I, that's an, but uh, I'm, point, I'm on, I wanted to add to your point, but I want you to go on about uh, in, the, in your wrestling, if you will. As, as far as uh, the other side of crea- <laughs> creativity here, you, you're, going, you're going to have to... Just come up with, with like uh, untraditional ways of of finding a way to wrestle. You know, it's it's going to be about securing a venue, right? You know, it's going to be about making sure that place is clean and sanitized. Um, if you know, if the state is asking you to social distance, you do that, and only let so many people in. They're gonna. You're gonna have to have all these rules followed before you even think about putting a show on. And then once you have that show, hopefully you have the talent there to book it because that's also going to be an issue with traveling from state to state. It's a little bit different, you know. Uh, Illinois, where we're at, is a little bit different than North Dakota, or you know, and vice versa. So. Long-term indie wrestling, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. If you're an indie promoter and you want to stay an indie promoter, you want to stay in business, you're going to find a way. You're going to find a way, whether it be promoting local talent or spending money to get bigger talent over there to, to, to work your show. But one way or another, if you really want to be a part of this business, you're going to be. It's, it's as simple as that. But that brings me to something else. Um, you had asked me about how this business is changing and what I thought of a concept like a, the cinematic matches. And let me tell you, um, that was quite interesting to say the least. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, I absolutely refused to watch WrestleMania. So, I didn't watch WrestleMania in its entirety. 
but Matt and I wanted to talk, to talk about the the ever changing landscape that is becoming professional wrestling, and one of the things we wanted to talk about were cinematic matches. Are they the future of this business? Are they just a, another gimmick to be had? Um, so I sat down, I sat down with my daughter, and we watched the two cinematic matches that were a part of WrestleMania. Those were the only two WrestleMania matches that I watched. Please. Okay. I, I got to hear this. So let's start with the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Okay. Um, if you go back on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, I don't remember what episode it is, but it, it, it was in the, uh, the infancy of that podcast. They mention... Back in the late 80s, early 90s, they were in bed with a media company. WWE was in bed with a media company years ago that wanted to explore other avenues. This was before WWE Studios was created. And they were trying to get into television that wasn't professional wrestling. And it ended up being this project that was like, live-action, scripted karate fights. And I don't remember the name of the show, but it played out, if you watch the episodes, if I'm not mistaken, there's like maybe one or two episodes on YouTube. I'd have to find out the information. But the episodes played out like you were watching a drama that was just focused around martial arts. Okay. So think about like, an episodic half-hour version of a Mortal Kombat movie, more or less. That's what it played out as, okay? So you definitely had fighting. Yes, it was scripted, but you also had storylines that had to do with tension between the combatants and, you know, uh, so-and-so's trainer did this, and, you know, things of that nature. Immediately, that's what this match reminded me of. In a bad way. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say the show might have been called Karate Masters. Karate Masters. Yeah, don't don't quote me, but it's something like that. It's, anyway, yeah, you know, it's it's it sounds boring enough that it, sure it, it was, was. Let me tell you, because <laughs> as a kid, I was like, oh, I'll give it a try, and then after two episodes, I was like, are you fucking joking me? I I'm gonna go watch NWA anything instead. else. Yeah, infomercials. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, so, I watched the entire match, and you know what, I, after hearing everybody talk about it, and watching it happen, for what it's worth, I'm gonna say something, and you're probably gonna disagree with me, which is fine. Okay. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. It was bad, don't get me wrong. But it could have been much, much worse. Um, my kid is a huge AJ Styles fan. All she could do was laugh. She must have laughed like 90% of this match. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, are you fucking kidding me's? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing her and I could not figure out for the life of me, and, and I'm sure there's a, a reason for it, but you are... You are putting on, you're promoting a boneyard match with The Undertaker. Who do you want to see in that match? 
Do you want to see The Undertaker, Dead Man Walking, or do you want to see American Badass Undertaker? For my money, I wanted to see The Undertaker, The Dead Man. I didn't want to see American Badass Undertaker. So, I'm not sure as to why he showed up to the match that way, but he did. And for me, that ruined a lot of the match. There could have been so much of a supernatural concept added to this match that would have made a hell of a lot more sense, mind you, than what they did. I, I, will, I will agree with that. If he showed up as mm. the original Undertaker. Um, instead, we got him riding in on a motorcycle to a Metallica song, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And Now that we're dead. Off the most recent album. And, and, and if we're, you know... Don't get me wrong, I, I, I love Metallica just as much as the next Metallica fan, but um, it's not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see the dead man in a fucking boneyard match because you're already in a very supernatural, creepy setting. The only thing that shouldn't have been creepy were Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles. Simple as that. Everything else, you were in his back fucking yard. Don't get me wrong, he won the match, right? Taker won the match, but he came with <laughs> he came with an alternate gimmick, and it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, how how do you fuck that up? You're you're an industry legend and a pro and a veteran. Like, how do you not understand that? How, like, were you that hard up to like fucking have your way? Like, you know, yeah, you guys are gonna make me do this match. I'm just going to come in and do this gimmick instead of this. Like, what the fuck? So that completely ruined the match for me. There could have been... Dude, the, the, the possibilities are endless as to what they could have added to this match. You know, there's no, there's no fucking real-time real time limit. Everything was cut. Everything was pre-taped. Mm. A lot of the camera work was, was like what they needed. But that that element of the Undertaker was missing for me, and I it just bothered me the entire fucking time. As far as movie matches are concerned, I, I will agree that it, it could have been worse. Um, as far as the actual match, if you want to call it a match, uh, is concerned. But here's my thing, my issue again. Um... I mean, where do I begin? AJ Styles. AJ Styles mentioned your one is your daughter's like favorite wrestler today. And 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 why is that? Why is AJ Styles such a great character, right? Or such a great wrestler? Because he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And continuity is a big deal for me. And maybe I stand alone in this, but I'm I'm big on continuity. It has to make fucking sense. It does. It has to make sense. AJ Styles. For example, uh, the, the the night or the Friday before Backlash. Okay. The Friday before the greatest wrestling match ever, <laughs> according to WWE, and with Edge and Randy Orton, had a a fucking amazing, almost four, nearly forty minute match with with Daniel Bryan, and and. and 
That's that alone is not like the greatest wrestling match ever. By the way, I mean it was solid, but there was still issues with that match, and also too it was cut because it's fucking TV. <laughs> um, continuity is a big thing, and again, the Undertaker is this entity that comes and goes, and you built him up as this old man that had a bone to pick with. No pun intended. No pun intended, by the way. <laughs> Had a bone to pick with AJ Styles because he called out his wife and he called out this. Nothing fucking made sense about that. How was... So Undertaker and AJ Styles, that was booked before the crowds went away. Yes. Okay, and I get that. But, like, what was the plan? My thing is, like, I want to go and be a fly on a wall. What the fuck was the plan before crowds went away? Like, was this always a thing? Were they always going to do a fucking boneyard match? Like what was what was going to be, going to be it, and in, and how does it come down to a fucking match, in a graveyard? Uh, on top of that, AJ Styles the entire fucking match. Okay, you want Undertaker to get over? I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. That's that's not a problem. You want Undertaker to to take down the entire club? I, I got no fucking problem with that. But the entire time that this match is going on. It remind that AJ Styles reminded me of the AJ Styles in TNA when he was Prince AJ. He was a fucking bitch the entire time. At no point, at no point did AJ Styles looked like the phenomenal one, and that's what I have a problem with for part one. I get you're trying to showcase the Undertaker, but this is still a match. There's still another participant in this match. Unless you want to do a squash match at WrestleMania, which is, this is basically what it was, a squash match. Like, you did nothing to showcase your talents. It's okay for Undertaker to get over on AJ Styles. I'm fine with that. As much as I don't want to see that, I am perfectly okay with that. That's just wrestling. But you did nothing to showcase how good AJ Styles could be. Why was it so hard for AJ Styles to get his legit moments in where maybe he does have what it takes to beat the Undertaker then the Undertaker prevails in the end because he's the fucking dead man and this is his backyard okay but why was it so hard why why did you why did you have to make it a fucking squash match so that's that's my issue there on top of the fact that they made the club look like a bunch of fucking idiots too even though it didn't matter because they fired them anyways on top of that again continuity 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 I had the same issue. The American Badass character was killed off a long fucking time ago. A long fucking time ago. we never seen him again. He's been the fucking dead man since 2004. Now I get like, you know, this is pro wrestling and storylines, you know, change and shit like that. It doesn't always make sense because if, that, if it had to make sense, then he wouldn't be a fucking dead man walking anyways. I mean, that just doesn't happen. But... How do you go from being the dead man leading up to this match, all the way leading up to this match, being billed as the fucking dead man? Right. And then you come out and say, no, I'm pretty much Mark Calloway. No, no, you don't. No, try again. doesn't work for me. And then, and then we get to the final part. So the match happens. Don't care for it. That's my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. I get that, and that's fine. Here's what I have a fucking problem with, and I, I, I just cannot let go of it. You do 
a movie. I'm, I'm calling it a movie match because I don't know what else to call it. It's a movie match. Okay. So you're, you're filming it. You're doing cuts. You're doing takes. I understand kayfabe is pretty much dead in these days. Sure. But why the fuck did WWE have to release behind-the-scenes photos of the match on their website where AJ and Undertaker, who are supposed to have this heated rivalry, are seen laughing with each other, sharing a fucking cup of coffee. I don't get it. I, I don't get any of it. I really don't. I mean... That just that part made my blood boil. <laughs> it made my fucking blood boil. How stupid. How stupid do you have to be to do something that like that? I mean, it, you already are doing shit fake. On top of the fact, too, that throughout the night, again, no crowds, no sense of having big bumps. Like, you know, again, I'm, I know I'm backtracking here, but the triple threat, ma- triple threat ladder match, the, the big bumps were never caught on camera. So they never happen. And it's like, we said it all the time, if you're not going to do the bumps, don't do the matches. So you're having that throughout the night. You're already setting up for like real wrestling fans like myself, like, you're already setting us up for failure throughout the night where it's like, oh, God, they're not they're not doing anything. They're not showing anything. They're not taking any bumps. I mean, there's still a fucking live audience at home watching, and you're not you're not doing anything for them. Um, and uh, and then you give me that. That's how you send me home. Oh, my God. I just... I, I, to be fair, and I'm, I'm, I know we're going to talk about the other match next, I, I will give you that. Like, it wasn't... As far as... A standalone match, if you want to call it that, thought the worst. It, it, it could have been worse, but fuck. Like if that was the beginning, <laughs> this next match, like I, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. But go ahead. Let's. I like. I want. I want to hear you talk. Um, the other match I watched was the Firefly Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena. And Bray Wyatt, also the Fiend. Um, I'd say like eighty percent of this match made made some sense if you accepted the the one rule of what Firefly Funhouse should be, and that is like anything goes. It's it's almost like you're you know you when you're dealing with the Fiend or Bray Wyatt at this point. You're stepping into his world, and, and the only thing I can equate it to is like Freddy Krueger. Anything can really go. Um, so when you have him pretty much making John Cena relive his career in different facets, that's fine. It, it made sense. My kid was entertained. I was entertained. It made sense. Um... Everything made sense except for the NWO segment. It, I mean, am I missing something? Like, was John Cena supposed to be in the NWO? So I guess John—that's how John Cena interprets the heel change. They, uh, the heel change that never, the heel turn that never happened. You know, it was a hot rumor for many years that John Cena—not necessarily a rumor, but a discussion that John Cena should turn heel. A la Hulk Hogan did. In so 96. you, so what you're doing is you're you're the entire match, right? You've got him as as his the first 
persona he was before he was the doctor of thugonomics, then he goes to that, Mm -hmm. you know, and so forth and so on. And then you mean to tell me they added a segment to this match based on a fucking rumor? Essentially, yeah. Uh, so I'm sitting here. I'm I didn't like, write this joke. No, I know. And so I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm like, this part doesn't make sense. And my, and I'm trying to explain to my kid because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they did. Why did they do that? You know. And uh, it's just it. The, something got lost in translation. Like you explaining this to me, okay, I get it now. But to me, it still has no place in this match. You should have found something better to do. Okay. Oh, um, maybe, maybe do moves, Russell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for what it was worth, it was again a lot of it made sense, and up until that point, it was like, okay, I'm with you. But once it got there. I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and and my kid was like, I'm leaving. She's like, I'm not even going to stick around if, if it's going to be like this. Because it just completely stopped being entertaining to her. And again, it's one of those things like, there was so much potential. It, it isn't like we're watching something airing live. Mm-hmm. Where only so much can happen because it's happening real time. You had ample fucking time to sit and write a script for this thing yeah make sure it all makes sense make sure you you run through it 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 boggles my mind how you fuck this up it's like having a test and having all the answers but you somehow still miss five questions yeah you know like what the fuck is the going back Mm -hmm. is the uh is the answer to the next generation of pro wrestling a cinematic match all the time? The answer is no. And, and, and the answer is no because of two big reasons. I was going to leave this, this, <laughs> this podcast. Had you said yes, I'm like, nah, I, we the, can't the, see eye to eye. The answer is no because of two, two big reasons. Okay. One, live TV, as much as it is a, a curse, it is equally a gift. And there are things that happen during live TV that get people to watch. The human element. Yeah. Plain and simple. And the other thing is, let's face it, especially when it comes to the WWE, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to piss a myriad of people off, but feel free to catch us on social media if, if that's what you want to do. We're, we're still, back, baby. We're still on Facebook. Come find me in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk. We're on Twitter, at 20x20crew. Instagram, at 20x20crew. Email us, 20x20crew at gmail.com. Come find me. Come talk to me. I want to know. I want to know what you have to say about what I'm about to say, and it's this. When it comes to the WWE, their writing staff, it is either all yes-men or a mixture of yes-men and people who just regurgitate the same bullshit over and over and over again because the guy running things who's in charge of the very last word is so out of touch with this this industry that he helped create to the point where it just doesn't make sense in the long run. And 
for my money, and I'm not saying this is a good thing per se, but for my money, that company's days are numbered. If it keeps going this way, that company's days are numbered for sure because there's too much viable talent let loose now. There's too much viable, too many viable companies out there that are smart enough to know what to do now and keep going and keep being successful that it's going to cause a really big problem for that company. Simple as that. I don't know who who's I well I mean I know I who I know who's booking for you guys, but that's not helping. It's not helping one bit. Yeah. He should have stuck with his podcast. He should have. Um I just Re- want, Re- real ahead, quick, um <laughs> I love the idea of Bray Wyatt mimicking Hulk Hogan um for the promo with John Cena as his tag team partner and he calls him it, it, and I could be wrong here, but mm. did I hear him call him Johnny Large Meat? I think so. Good God. Um, okay. <laughs> Th- thank you. Thank you for clarifying that for me. I I hated the match. I, I didn't want to see the match even when it wasn't going to be this. Like, the story made sense. Like, yeah. the actual physical battle, yeah, it yeah. completely sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... I, I guess the one thing they got right with this match is, is they didn't book it last like they did with the Undertaker and AJ Styles match. That would have been a hell of a way to end WrestleMania yeah. in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that uh, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar should have been the main event, but, um, you know. Something. It's something. It's Yeah, at least it's an actual wrestling match. I do want to point out, again, there's a lot of hatred going on with uh, other wrestling companies, I'll say, say that, that are using older talent to uh, push storylines. I mean, we're watching the June 22nd episode here of, of Raw on, on the on screen number two. And, I mean, it's fucking Randy Orton and the Big Show. Uh, you can talk about regurgitated. You know, it's like, is everybody else... No, I'm not going to make that joke. Uh, <laughs> where's everybody else at? Where's all the fucking talent at? I mean, Jesus Christ. The Big Show? There's nobody else available. Um, anyways, I mean, I, I guess Randy Orton's got to take a step back after that greatest wrestling match ever. But, uh, as far as movie matches go, look, professional wrestling, again, it's, it's a, uh, it's the ultimate variety show. And so long as it makes sense and the, the next match that I'm going to bring up, I was originally going to bring up the AEW match from, uh. Double or nothing. I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to be fucking called a fanboy. So I'm going to stick within the company of WWE, albeit it's I'm still going to be called a fanboy because it's NXT. But movie matches can still work. Again, if done correctly, continuity, and just overall raw talent. And I, w- I would say that with NXT TakeOver in your house. Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, that was a movie match. That was highly scripted and definitely edited. Good fucking match, though. Absolutely. It was a very well-done match that had me entertained from bell to bell. That's that's what wrestling's got to be. It's entertaining. You have to be entertaining. You know, if you're into goofy shenanigans, 
like then I understand why you're gonna be like, no, that John Cena Bray Wyatt match was you know phenomenal. But if you have a sense for professional wrestling, and I'm look, I'm not making fun of you if you're not a professional wrestling fan. If you're just into that goofy shit, that's fine. But for the professional wrestling fans out there, don't... Because one thing I kept hearing, like, well, if you don't like it, don't watch. Like, that's not the answer. You're telling people don't watch it then because, fine, I won't watch it and I won't add to your ad dollars because those ad companies are not going to be getting my money. They can continue to get yours. And if you continue to tell people to get on board or don't watch, then you have no idea how businesses work to begin with it's all about adapting to change it's all about adapting to what's what works and what doesn't work it's okay to be yourself it's okay to to take risks it's okay to be outside of everything everybody else however there has to come a point to where you are appealing to the masses and joe nailed it right on the head other companies like AEW, like impact wrestling like New Japan, like AAA, like MLW once they get back in, in, into business, like a ton of other plethora of independent wrestling companies, they are attracting so much wrestling fans out there. They don't they don't need to rely on the WWE marks that look at something like John Cena and Bray Wyatt and be like, oh my God, what a great match that was. Movie matches can work so long as that you stick with the formula of professional wrestling. Once you get away from that, it's it's hard to get back. Very very again, John Cena and Bray Wyatt never had that from the get go in that match, and it, it still could have worked. I agree with that to an extent. It still could have worked, and that's few and far between. You can't do that all the time. So if you're gonna do the WWE has done that every single pay per view thus far. Their Money in the Bank ladder match, Money in the fucking Bank. A match that so many people look forward to, even if you don't like WWE, and they made it into a movie scripted match. Guys, this is the fucking problem. This this is this is a huge fucking problem. You're taking the raw human effect out of it. Case in point. Uh, I believe it was a SummerSlam. It was WrestleMania Summer I know it was WrestleMania twenty no seventeen. Way back when. Okay. The the, the 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 triple threat TLC match. All right. You look at the moment where you have Jeff Hardy hanging on the fucking belts, and Edge goes from the corner of the ladder and spears him down. That doesn't work if you do any kind of weird scripted angle of any kind. Like why that works is because it it only happened once, and I. I've always been dumbfounded. People ask Edge how many times he practiced that. That's not something you practice. That's not something you fucking practice, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, people, Edge, Edge will be the first one to tell you, people ask him that a lot. How many times did you practice that move? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, It's either it's going to work or it's not going to work. Right. And that kind of... That kind of, of, of anxiety, that kind of emotion, that, that, that kind of just that raw human emotion only gets captured on live TV. Only gets captured because we don't know as fans if it's going to work because they don't know as wrestlers if it's going to work. It's so easy to sell something that's already been done. That's why 
when you have a movie, it's so easy to sell it because you can you can package it all together and, and make what's called a trailer. I want to watch that because that looks good. It looks like they, they did all this blah, 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 blah. In pro wrestling, all you do is advertise the participants. Everything else is who the fuck knows. Yeah. They can have all this shit planned, but you don't know if it's going to work. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Pro wrestling is always going to be that over movie matches. Bar none. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, we can we can agree on that because it's like, fuck. I was, I was definitely interested in hearing what you had to say <laughs> about the quote-unquote movie matches. The, the inner circle versus the elite, I wasn't a fan of that match. I, you know, I, so, so to not call me a fanboy, I thought it was just okay. I thought it had, I thought it went on way too long, and I thought it, there was just too much going on. It was, it, you're, you're, you're right. It was just okay. There was a lot going on, and I think there was too much going on. And part of it, and here's where, here, here's, here's where uh, it gets a little interesting. You have, you have someone like Jim Cornette and his his podcast, uh, his co-host Brian Last. They were commenting on it and how they didn't like it, which is fine, but they're showing how out of touch with the product they are. Admittedly, both of them are pretty much um, fucking gatekeepers of older professional wrestling history between the two of them. And I applaud both of them for that. They are masters of that. I get that. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. Should they be watching AEW? No, they shouldn't. And, and you know, Jim Cornette doesn't anymore. But AEW... Specifically, matches involving the elite these days, you almost have no. There's no almost about it. I take that back. You have to sit there and watch the Being the Elite show on YouTube to figure out every. It's like watching a a match, and there's like tons of Easter eggs in it, but you don't know that they're there unless you're watching Being the Elite. Mm -hmm. And that's what that that's that's what happened with that inner circle versus elite match. There were so many things that if you're if you're not watching that show or you're not familiar with the characters, you shouldn't be watching it because you're not going to like it because you don't know what the fuck's going on in its entirety. And th- and I think that hurt them. I think it hurt that match. You know, you have Hardy, who if you didn't pay any attention to him in his. Uh, impact days mm-hmm. you wouldn't know anything about his character that he's he's he does and uh, or if you don't listen to podcasts with him on it you won't know what his character is capable of so when he was being thrown in the water and essentially like attempted to be drowned and he'd come out of the water as a different version of Matt Hardy if you don't sit there and follow Matt Hardy, you're not a fan of Matt Hardy, you just take Matt Hardy face value as a, as a wrestler, you're not going to like that shit. That's why Jim Cornette and Brian Last didn't like that shit. Okay? That's why a lot of people didn't like that shit, because it didn't make sense to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, 
you know, I don't, I don't watch Being the Elite. I, I, I probably only seen a handful of episodes since its inception. And that's just, yeah, you know, that's just me. I, I got too much other shit to watch. But I agree with that, and I, I just, you know, I, I didn't care for a lot of the the subplots that were happening. It was just, it was just too much. It was like watching too many movies in one match. Yeah. And it just it just didn't work, um, you know. The not, on top of the fact that like there was just so much overall cheesiness from the beginning. It, when I, when the match first started, I I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I just like I'm not gonna like this match. I just I just had this bad feeling that this is gonna be a waste of time. And by the time it was done, it was it was you know it was done over with, but. What I don't want in a main event. This is again. This is the main event of, of Double or Nothing. Yeah. You know, this is after all your title matches, all that. I spent more time laughing at what was happening than I was being entertained and awed by the actual action, and that's not good. Like not for them because you're, you know, you're hell bent on whether you, whether you like it or not with AEW. You know, you're you're trying to change professional wrestling. By doing that, you're essentially just making it sports entertainment. I yeah. thought I thought that's what you guys weren't trying to do. So I don't I don't know where I don't know where that logic uh, goes, except to become faulty. You know, you you want to change professional wrestling. You want to change how things are. You want to be. You want to not be WWE. Yeah, that's why Cody left in the first place. Why would you do that? How did that make any sense? You yeah, know? you know, it, it again too much going on, and yeah, it just. Uh, I I just hope that uh, we we do better, or they do better, I should say, um, the next time around because that just that just was not a good finish to to what was actually a really good pay per view. I thought it was, I it was very uh, well put together. Given the circumstances, again, it was a it was a good show overall, and I I enjoyed it for the most part. I know some, I had some issues with a few things, but again, that's you know that's neither here nor there. But that main event again, this is your last match. This is your go home match, and I get it. There's no crowd in attendance there, but there is a crowd watching at home, and the last thing they saw was a very silly match, and and it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it, and it should not have been the main event. That was. If you didn't have enough faith in the in the world championship match, then uh, then you need they should have reconsidered their their booking to that because I mean why give John Moxley the belt anyways if he can't go home or put on a better match between Inner Circle and Elite? But again, this is too much nonsensical bullshit happening in that match. Yeah, and well that too. Like how how often is. Uh something like a gimmick match supposed to be a main event it's not you know not something like this no you know uh-uh. not something like this if you if you were if you were talking like blood and guts which is their version of war games which hasn't happened yet uh well, you know, that's see, one thing. that that's what that match that's what this this match was supposed to be mm-hmm. but but they can't do that now because of the whole covid-19 situation right so and and let's face it, I don't think they'll ever be able to do that. It's it's just any kind of blood or or anything like that is is pretty much frowned upon all over again. Yeah, and, I mean if you know you and I have been watching New Japan on the on the big screen here. Mm-hmm. Um, Minoru Suzuki got his mouth busted. 
and you know it'll be dealt with appropriately i can't say that about american companies at this point you know and uh that's why that's why you we're not gonna see shit like that in the states not anytime soon yeah the i guess i, I mentioned that's a good topic for maybe another day but like the, the gimmick matches and, and where and like we're talking like more of the hardcore style cage matches yeah i mean where does that go well yeah like shit if if it makes sense and that's gonna be a main event then okay great but now you're also faced with another criteria of the match like what do you do with that match because now you're you're more than likely they're gonna tell you you can't get you can't get you 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 can't be bloodied up in there i mean and then what's the fucking point of the cage and I know, I know, like WWE has frowned upon blood for years now, but like, sure. I just didn't understand them going into uh, the month of July now, uh, coming up that there's going to be a pay per view called Extreme Rules. And again, like, for a number of reasons, they should never have a pay per view called Extreme Rules because one, it's a shitty name, but they don't really go extreme as much as they used to. And then now, on top of that, there's the pandemic. And you certainly don't want to go extreme now, so why not change the name of the pay-per-view? Yeah. I, I don't, why why I don't, call it Extreme Rules? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, but anyways, that's, uh, that's I guess, not that important right now. I, I, I've been, Throughout the time we were talking, I've been trying to find trying to find that fucking ninja show or karate show. <laughs> uh, you said it was from the 80s? Late 80s, early 90s. Okay, so this show is from, like, mid-90s. I don't think this is it. So what's it called? It's called uh, what's it called? WMAC Masters. That's it. This is it. I believe so. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, World Martial Arts. World Martial Arts Council. Yeah, I that's, believe. Yep, I believe that's, that's it. Them. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I'll have to check this out to see if it's. I'm pretty sure there's at least a couple episodes up on YouTube as of this recording. Oh or, or at least snippets, but yeah. This is like this is like the kid version of MMA at the time. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, again, I watched a couple episodes, and then I'm like, screw this, I'm just gonna go watch. <laughs> like, I, I want to see, I want to see real, real people beat up, you know, or what I thought of at the time was real. Yeah, and I, I was like, screw this, I'm just gonna go back to watching NWA, and you know. Wrestling in general, so. But to hear years later, Bruce Pritchard talk about how it was them that had you know a helping hand in that show, and it's like no, no, <laughs> definitely a no now. Um, again, we're watching uh, New Japan Cup. Uh, this is from the this is the June twenty second episode. We're seeing it's a good solid show, folks. Uh, Shingo Takagi versus Show. I, I also want to give a shout out again to. Uh, we're talking about. Uh, talking about independent wrestling i gotta give a shout out to to one of my favorite local companies uh black label pro uh they're 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 gonna try to put on a show august 22nd uh you can catch that on iwtv and you can do so by checking it out on your fire stick or preferably roku device which you can get over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash amazon where they you you can get a uh, plethora of devices for streaming IWTV uh, on top of that too I, it's got to be I got to point out the fact too 
Japanese wrestling is, uh, if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, you are definitely in luck because, again, New Japan Pro Wrestling is happening. Uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling is happening. Uh, they have a streaming service that's in English now. Uh, well, at least uh, the website's in English. None of the stuff's in English, but uh, you can you can access it in English. Uh, that goes for about eight bucks a month. Um, wrestling, there's a streaming service called Wrestling World that is happening. Um, that has uh, DDT as well as uh, Joshi Pro and as well as Pro Wrestling Noah. All in one, wow! One package again. That's a roughly about nine or ten dollars a month. Uh, and another thing, going back to IWTV, if you like hardcore wrestling, it's coming back in the form of BJW Big Japan Wrestling is coming to IWTV. They wow, si- okay. They signed the contract. They will be streaming it live on IWTV. And if you can't watch it live, because again, it is in Japan. So for most of us here in the States, it's going to be early morning or really, really late at night, however yeah. you want to look at it. Uh, shortly after it's done airing live, it's going to be done. It's going to be on demand as well as past shows. So Nice. BJW, if, you, if you're if you a fan of stuff, stuff like CZW or uh, uh, ICW, stuff like that, like this is something you definitely want to check out. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's definitely some insane shit. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, Wrestling is coming back to in 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 ways and and again shout out to Black Label Pro, uh, based out of Northwest Indiana. They are putting on a show. Thirty only thirty people are going to be in attendance. Uh, they sold out with within within minutes, which good for them. I mean, albeit there's only thirty tickets, uh, but they're also doing things that you can do to sponsor a wrestler. That's another thing that's, that's happening with uh, professional wrestling. You can sponsor a wrestler, and you basically you're just it's it's like a pledge, like a like a PBS pledge. Sure. You, you do get stuff, you know. They they will send you autograph stuff and things like that. But it's a way to help continue to pay and and, and make up for uh, for the lost attendances because I mean, thirty people is not a lot of people. Not that BLP is getting a lot of people in attendance to begin with. It, it is a very small independent company, but this is another way to help out independent wrestlers, especially those that don't have guaranteed money or big you know big name contracts. So. Uh, good for them, and I'm sure there's a, a ton of other wrestling companies out there. And you know, if there's something in your town, please let us know because uh, I want to continue to support them. I've been, I've been, I've been doing everything I can to to support all all platforms of wrestling, and and you know, I'm subscribing to to I mean, me being a huge wrestling mark, subscribing to these uh, uh, Japanese companies that I've been wanting to watch for a long time. Now that I can, because I can access the website. Uh, again, I don't need commentary to watch wrestling, so there's tons of good stuff out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, wrestling is slowly coming back, so I mean, it's another thing to to watch. And again, like I said, at the beginning of this episode, it's a way to uh, it's a way to more or less uh, kind of get your mind off of all the the bad things that are happening in the world, um, because sometimes you just need an escape. So this is an, another another form of that. Some of the the bad stuff that's going on uh, involves, unfortunately, a uh, a list of of wrestlers that have been um, part of the uh, speak up or speak out movement. If I'm getting that correct, speak out, I believe. Speak out, okay. Um, involving things like sexual assault, sexual harassment, 
And uh, much like the Me Too movement that we saw about about a year ago or so, uh, this is uh, another thing that uh, has come up. And and again, pro wrestling is not uh, is not a, it's not immune to that. They they are unfortunate. There's a, a, a too big of a list. Not it's not like crazy, but it's it's big enough to where it's alarming that uh, wrestlers are coming out or being called out. I should say. Uh, for inappropriate behavior, to say the least. Um, oh no, you're right. There's there's been some coming out as well. Um, sure. Okay. I, I don't remember her name, but uh, one of the one of the female talent on Impact Wrestling had uh, tweeted about how she she loves how courageous people are for speaking out. Right, you know, at this time. And she felt sorry for, and, and apologized for not doing it herself when she had the opportunity. So you need, that's been few and far between, but there are people out there that have been doing that, which is huge in and of itself. I know, I know, um, I know not everybody's going to agree with that, but uh, you know, better late than never. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. I agree. Um... I didn't realize the movement was even happening. Uh, I guess that's my ignorance right now. I mean, there is a lot of other stuff going on. I'll leave it at that. Uh, I just... Well, then things happen so fast. They do. They do. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, for me, for me, it started with the Matt Riddle situation. I think that's one of the bigger ones that's happening right now. Again, Matt Riddle is also WWE. Uh, he actually just made his SmackDown, Smackdown debut. debut. Um, just uh, a few days ago, according uh, prior to this podcast, I don't know the exact date, but mid June. Um, and then after that, shortly after that, uh, wrestler by the name of Candy Cartwright, if I'm getting that correctly, I know she wrestled for Shine. She was uh, she was actually the leader. If I don't, I don't know if she still is of the the Cutie Pie Club. She's a former Shine Nova champion. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do know my shit. <laughs> uh, solid, decent, decent, decent talent. Um, she had good rivalry with uh, Priscilla Kelly back in the, a few years ago. But anyways, came out and uh, accused Matt Riddle of some very inappropriate behavior involving, uh, obviously, a sexual assault, um, physical abuse with hands being put around her neck threatening her verbally like it's very disturbing accusations uh wwe has come out and and said they do acknowledge what's going on and that's basically yeah they're looking into it before we go on to anybody else matt riddle the situation with matt riddle like let's let's speak on that right 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 now like what's uh what say you on on the entire situation? Because more stuff has come to light in the past, in, in the days following. There's a big difference between sexual assault and consensual sex. Yes. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking about this previous to the, the recording, and this is one of those things that is should always be 
judged on a case-by-case basis. Absolutely. This isn't something that is just flushed across the board for everyone. And so far, everything that I've seen is is uh, evidence of him being um, unfaithful to his wife. And do I support that? Absolutely not. Um, I'm married myself. I don't want my wife to be unfaithful to me. Um, and I don't want to be unfaithful to her. Because uh, in my eyes, it's like, why are we together then, you know? So, uh, with that being said, unless something else comes out in the following weeks or months or what have you, that is, is, is some sort of form of evidence to where he sexually assaulted uh, this person... I, you know, infidelity is is perceived differently in, by different people, but that's not the same thing as 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 being accosted or raped or or what have you. So, um, for those people calling for Matt Riddle's head right about now, all I can say is, until we know absolutely everything, you 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 really can't say that yet. You're you, take sorry. You just can't. You're taking one person's uh, statement and, and holding it as gospel. Look, I, people that, that, that listen to this podcast enough know that I, I really don't care people's perception of me. But I will say this, and I'm going to say it one time and one time only. It's, it should be obvious that Joe and I do not condone any kind of sexual assault, any kind of sexual abuse. So when we, when we look at a... a potential victim here i i say i i want to talk about her or anybody else with the utmost sincerity um absolutely because this, i don't take this lightly i i not that it matters but i've been you know i come from a, a background where i'm around women my entire life i have four sisters my my mother obviously was a big part of my life my grandmother on my on my dad's side was a huge influence in my life I know the struggle that women go through when it comes to men. I get that. I do to as much as as much as I possibly can, because I'm a man myself. But uh, and I said this to Joe before the before we started, you know, even recording, was that the the boys will be boys mentality that I grew up with, that I'm sure he grew up with. Yeah. Uh, whether we were raised that way or not, we. The, the people around us that was the case boys will be boys they're just being boys they mean no harm you know that you know what is it what is a what is a man supposed to do when he sees a, a beautiful woman besides but act you know a certain way that shit's got to go out the window that's got to fucking end that has to fucking end it has to so i do like the fact that we have movements like this that call that out that's not acceptable it's not acceptable to to treat women like fucking objects. It 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 never should have been, but the reality is it it, it has for such a long time, and it has to fucking end. It has to. But Joe's absolutely right. Everything has to be done by a case by case basis. Where is the evidence? According to her, and we're not a chi- children's show. I'm not going to get into extreme detail, but we're not a children's show, so. I'll go into a little bit of detail here. He put his hand. She. He wanted. He, he wanted oral sex. 
and she didn't want to do that. According to her, he put his hands around. Actually, he just wanted sex altogether. She didn't want to do that. He put his hands around her neck, said, what if I made you? And then she proceeded to, because, and I may be paraphrasing a little bit here, but the gist of it was she felt obligated to just give him moral sex. I, there was also other people in the vehicle. I'm assuming either they're parked or somebody's driving. Right, one of the two. If you felt that uncomfortable, not only that, but this is 2018, you you probably have a cell phone too. I mean, you're in that situation. A lot of, there's a lot of things that don't add up here. And again, I'm not the fucking judge here, but there's a lot of things that don't add up. And on top of that, she thought she was giving us more evidence by showing Messenger. I think it was like Facebook Messenger or whatever it was, Instagram Messenger. Something. Where they were showing that they were having mutual relationship with each other. That doesn't showcase rape to me. That showcases... Infidelity. At Infidelity, this point. Yeah. yeah. It was consensual sex. Again, what happened that particular day... It's it's all from one person's point of point of view, and we lest we forget we live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty, and she has she had it's not what you what you know it's what you can prove and if Matt Riddle did anything to this woman that was any kind of sexual assault then I want the fucking book thrown at him. Of course I do. I want the fucking book. He needs to go, he needs to fucking serve some time if that is the, if that is the case. But it is never going to be enough and it should never be enough to point a finger, say he did something and that's it. It, it doesn't work that way. No, because it, cause then what's stopping everybody else from acting that way exactly you know exactly and that's that's the thing that i that i i just i it, it just drives me crazy how many people are dubbed guilty just because somebody accuses them of something and again i stand by the victims i do but if you're not a victim and you're pointing the finger well fuck you too and again i don't know the situation here and i openly admit to that but for those who are going after matt riddle automatically you also don't know the situation, so you need to back the fuck off and let and, let the and, system and do its job. Up, yeah, that brings up a whole nother can of worms here uh, with the whole Sammy Guevara situation. You know, uh, what was that? Four years ago, he made a, yes. a, a horrible joke, terrible joke, uh, about wanting to rape Sasha Banks. And, you know, obviously completely inappropriate. And he has come, he has since come out and apologized, not only to the public, but to her. Um, she has made her statement about it and kind of like went, went about her business. And AEW has suspended him. They're donating his pay to uh, a women's organization of the Jacksonville, Florida area. And all these things are going on. And then Matt Hardy chimes in with just a, a legitimately positive message. Learning to, from your mistakes. You learn, learn from your mistakes and become better people. Mm-hmm. 
and because you have people who aren't smart enough to understand that he's not being sarcastic, he's not being anything but truthful and positive about what he just said, he's now being attacked on top of it. And and I know it's not the same thing as the Matt Riddle situation, mm-hmm. but... But it's part of the movement, though. Yeah, you get you get those people who are like, they don't completely understand the situation. They're not trying to completely understand the entire situation. They're just spouting off at the mouth right away, without without giving giving any thought to the the facts or the evidence or anything like that. Immediately, they have opinion and they they just spew it out there and they think it's right. And, and that's what we're dealing with, too. And that's not helping anybody. It's certainly not helping your credibility if you're, right. if you're one of those people. Like, you immediately, you, you drop... Uh, my opinion of you drops stories because you, you're just... You're not taking the time to absorb everything from each of these situations. You're just automatically like, oh, he did it. Or, oh, she did it. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, this happened. Or, oh, this didn't happen. We don't know. At the end of the day, yes, she has text messages. Yes, they they um, they definitely involve infidelity in Matt Riddle. Other than that, we don't know everything else just yet. Will it come to, to light? Will it come to the public? Will it come to fruition? We don't know. But right now, as of this recording, that's that's what it is. Matt Riddle was cheating on his wife, and that's all we got. Yeah. Is that bad enough? For some people it is. For some people it isn't. But if it was something worse, and he did put his hands on her inappropriately, and he did force her to have... Any kind of sexual any content. kind of sexual content right. or, or any kind of inappropriate situation, then yeah, he should be dealt with. Yeah, simple as that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you would think that's a no-brainer, but you know. Yeah, I, the Sammy Guevara thing too. I want to also point out um, again, case by case situation. Sammy Guevara. For, uh, before I say this, before I say this. I've said this throughout my, you know, since I was a teenager, you know, I was kind of that generation where the information technology was really starting to like become an everyday thing. And you had things like chat rooms and instant messages and like that. And, and even then I was always kind of like telling your peers, like this stuff, when it goes online, it lasts forever. You know, that's why it's so important for Joe and myself we stand by the things that we say. We don't. We're not bashful. And I, you know, again, I, I, I said what I said about you know my my uh, uh, my message about you know the boys will be boys needs to end and all that stuff. I stand by that. I stand. I stand with the victims, and I also stand against any kind of abuse. So what I say, my opinion has always been brash. And I, some people love that about me. People hate that about me as well. <laughs> And I'm okay with that. I'm okay, and I know that once we post this online, it's there forever. Even if you delete it, it's there forever. The point I'm trying to make is that 
everybody within the sound of my voice, again, cannot stress enough. Be careful what you fucking say and do, especially if it's in front of a camera or a microphone that's being recorded. Because even if you say something as a 22-year-old kid with just a maturity level that is just so damn low because you, you're a fucking idiot. That's what Sammy Guevara was. He was a fucking idiot. I'm not condoning. I'm not saying it's okay. But what he did was fucking stupid. And now at 26 years old, being involved in a huge company, being at main event status, teaming up with the likes of Chris Jericho, all that potentially can go away because of what he did four years ago. Because you know, even before the company that he worked for even existed. Be careful what you say. I can't stress that enough. Being in being an IT networking major, I've 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 seen it. I've seen people's lives be destroyed because of silly fucking decisions. With that being said, making a joke about rape is deplorable. It is disgusting. It is never funny. Especially when that person is a fucking colleague of yours at that time. Sammy Guevara uh, was working as an extra for WWE. He was in close proximity to Sasha Banks at that time. Very disturbing things for him to say, even as a joking matter. And again, that's that mentality, boys will be boys kind of thing. It's just talk, right? It's just talk. Again, let's look at the victim, Sasha Banks, and how would that make her feel? And it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter if it was four years ago. It, what was said was said. And there needs to be consequences people need to be held accountable and i i do like what AEW did i do like the fact that they suspended him without pay by the way because it's one thing that we see a lot people get suspended and you're just paid to basically go on vacation you're paid you're sorry you're suspended without pay and on top of that AEW has released a statement that they're going to reevaluate his position within the company that's what I want to talk about. Okay. So, again, case-by-case situation here. As deplorable and disgusting of a, of a comment or joke or whatever you want to call that as it was, where do we draw the line with the punishment? He suspended indefinitely, but is this something that is worthy of losing your job for uh, he has come out he has apologized not only did he apologize because it's one thing to make a public apology but he also publicly apologized to Sasha Banks right he also made a separate post talking to her and as well as a personal conversation that the two had that Sasha Banks has acknowledged that it has happened and Sasha Banks has moved on and I don't know if she necessarily forgave him, but she's moved on. You know, where do we draw the line and say, okay, punishment served. You don't have to lose your job for it, especially because it was a verbal thing. Again, needs to be punished, which he has been, but it's a verbal thing, not a physical thing. And he's not, you know, this, he's not a, a, he's not one of those guys that's a fucking headache. You know, where where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line for guys who, or for people, I should say. Cause it's not just guys. It's, you know, it's everybody. 
But for people that uh, for say say these kind of things, they serve their time. Do they deserve to be fired? Does Sammy Guevara deserve to lose his job? In this case, no. Um, you know, they are going to make him go through sensitivity training, which I also think is appropriate for the situation. I agree. Um, and hopefully that gets him to straighten up and fly right, so to speak. Um, hopefully it wisens him up and, you know, matures him because, again, making jokes about rape, they're just not, they're not appropriate. They're yeah. not, you know, there should be, they should have no place anywhere. Um, whether it be four years ago or now. So, but you're, you're, you're right when you say that he's not one of those headache guys. Um, He's not, he, you know, this isn't something that he always does or always has done. It was, I'm not saying this was the only time he's done it over the years because I don't know him personally, but, um, you know, he's he's definitely a different person than he was four years ago. And he's in a different position. And for his sake, I hope he's straightened up. And I, I hope he's grown from just life in general but from this as well because if he hasn't and he continues to do shit like this then he will be one of those quote unquote headache guys yeah and then he will be without a job at least at AEW I mean this 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 could potentially blackball him from other promotions as well and sure you know you you brought up a a really good like point I I don't know why I didn't think about it myself but as, as deplorable as it is, you know, it was meant as a joke. And, again, not good, obviously, but, you know, you brought up of how many people in their life have said, like, they're going to kill somebody. Yeah, I you mean, know? I mean, even even if it's a joke. Yeah. I, I, would, I would fear to say a majority of the public out there has made that sort of a statement, whether they were serious or not serious about kick it. Kick somebody's ass. Kick somebody's ass. Right, that's also a crime, I wanna ladies punch, and gentlemen. I want to punch that person, right. you know, whatever whatever the case may be. You know, uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, on one of our previous episodes, I was talking about Brock Lesnar, and I, I said, uh, I hope cancer takes him or, or something to that effect. Yeah. And or I, I also said that he should go die in a fire. I still hold up to those comments. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not backing down from them. Right. Does it make them right? Absolutely not. If, But by, by the logic we're talking about, if everyone who's ever said anything like that was going to lose their job over it, then you would just have this gigantic amount of people without jobs. Yeah. It's as simple as that, because let's face it, there are no angels in this in this conversation, myself included. Sure, yeah, absolutely, and and I think that's the thing that people have to because again, Sammy Guevara's head's also being sought after, and um, look, I I understand the immediate raw emotion of like, well, fuck that guy, uh, especially if you're a fan of it. You know, think of a think of a, a you know a. A young woman being a fan of Sammy Guevara and like, man, he 
he makes he makes fun of rape. You know, it's not it's not good. It's not it's not a good image. And I can understand the the emotion of like, wow, that's it's really hard to 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 buy into that or to to be a fan of somebody like that. But we are talking about human beings. And again, there's a difference between somebody that talks about something or makes a joke about something and somebody that actually does something. You know, again, stand up comedians, singers, especially. And I'm not trying to call out one genre, but like the, the rap music, for example, ton of fucking rape that's being talked about in that. You know, it's not good, but it, it's existed. And again, if that's a conversation that 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 needs to be had, that we need to eliminate that. That's one thing. But going after somebody's said and going after somebody's entire career because of, of a stupid mistake that they made. Again, who was who was hurting this? Sasha Banks was. Because that's what who it was about. She's the victim in this. How does she feel about this? She doesn't like the fact that it happened, but she's moved on with her life. It's done. It's over with. Move on. And at some point, everybody else has to move on. As far as his career goes in the AEW, that's up to AEW at this point. And I, I hope he doesn't get fired. I mean, he had so much going for him. He's an amazing talent. Um, and, and hopefully he does learn from this. Hopefully he has matured. And he can act more like a man and, 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 and professional. More more importantly, a professional when he you know, handles himself in, in interviews or podcasts or whatever it is, that he, you know, watches what he says. Again, you can be real, you can you can you can say what you say always say what you want to say, always say what you mean. But if you're talking about rape and you don't mean it, you have to expect well, you should never mean it, but like if you talk about something like rape, you have to expect the consequences are going to happen. You know, we talk about things all the time and it doesn't always appeal to people and we expect those those, those consequences. And that's wrestling related. And that's our opinion. But like, when it comes to something like that, you're never going to hear myself nor Joe make fun of something like that because it's not funny. You know, it's one thing to have a dark sense of humor and I'm sure I, I have a dark sense of humor but there's just some things that just are not funny and not meant to be taken lightly. Um, because they are really serious. I mean, there's lives are being ruined because of shit like that. And he should have had the maturity then at 22, but hopefully he has it now at 26. And if I'm a booker and I'm evaluating Sammy Guevara as a whole, I, I, he stays on my roster, but he's, of course, on extremely thin ice. Absolutely. Because, again, Absolutely. you know, when it comes to big companies or any any kind of company, anyone's going to tell you bottom line is everything. PR and 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 you know the, the 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 all the green profit is everything. And if you start fucking with my profit and PR, I don't I got nothing for you. Right. And AEW does have to consider that. WWE with Matt Riddle or Jack Gallagher, they do have to consider that. They do. Uh, so. You know, so for everybody else too, on on on, on the other side of things, where it's like it's not it's not fair, or this or that. Again, as a company, you have to understand that yeah, you can't just give everybody what they want. But at the same time, if you start fucking with profit, you're no good to anybody. And that's just no matter who you who you are. You don't have to like it, but that's just how businesses are run. But as far as the the speak out movement, again. Uh, I say it again, you know, the, the boys will be boys mentality that we have in professional wrestling as well as any, everywhere in the world, it's got to fucking end. It's got to fucking end. 
Uh, it should never have existed, but it did. But it's got to fucking end. And um, what do you... I mean, there's, there's there's a lot of other instances. I mean, there's Joey Ryan is another another prime who, example. Who just got fired. Who just got fired. Uh, Michael Elgin got suspended from Impact yeah. Wrestling as well. Dave Christ got fired. Dave Christ, yeah. Uh, again, I mentioned Jack Gallagher. Uh, there's a there's a laundry list of guys um, that have been on uh, the list of people that have been spoken out against or maybe have come out themselves, and um, it's the, it, the list is just too long, man. It's it's just too long. Um, what do you think? I mean, what, what say you? Like, what changes need to be made, and will they be made? In your opinion. I wish I could sit there and say sensitivities training is the answer, the end-all, be-all answer to this. But let's face it, man. Realistically, do you see sensitivity training ending this? No. I mean, take, I, and I'm not singling any one person out. Not as out. a whole. I'm not singling any one person out, but let's take a look at somebody like Scott Steiner. <laughs> do you think if if... Scott Steiner was involved in a situation like this and they sent him to sensitivity training in the long run does that change him enough to where he's not a problem he's not a womanizer yeah no not no yeah you're right so something has to be done I don't I don't have a, a um a surefire way to stop it other than change your life you gotta change your life. You you gotta become a better person. If if you don't if if you don't want to be treated a certain way, don't treat other people that way. For for a, a, a step one, so to speak, you know. Um, and you know, again, I, I can only speak for myself, but when it comes to the subject of rape. It's it is very serious. It's always been very serious. You don't uh, if if you're it's one of those things. If you're going to make a joke or a very distasteful comment about it, or you have a a, a certain view about it that is inappropriate, that's on you as a person, and you're gonna have to accept those consequences whether you like it or not. One day, everything comes back to you. So. Keep that in mind when you decide to talk about it. It's as simple as that, in my eyes. You know, the, the old saying, when it comes to uh, words, you know, I, I was taught at a very young age, you got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Don't say nothing at all, right? You know, it, it, keep your comments to yourself. Keep your fucking comments to yourself. Um you're, you know, Sammy Guevara, exactly, not to keep beating up at him, he was talking about somebody that he worked with. Uh, think about think about working in an office space. No, no, think about working anywhere. That's what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, think yeah. about, like, being in close confinement, like, working in a place where yeah. you're you're in close confinement with somebody, is what I mean. I could tell you, you what, my, my 9 to 5? You'd be gone. Dude, well, no, I mean, I've been I've been with uh, this company for close to twenty five years now, mm. and <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Out of all the all the talk I've heard over the years, I, 
uh, tons of people would have been fired. Tons of people would have been let go. Tons of people would have had to go through sensitivity training. You know, it's you know, we live in a different time. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I grew up in a different time. And and the, my only other piece of advice here, and it might not be uh, that all that popular, is get a thick skin. And and I say that I know I say that knowing full well that people are going to get pissed at me about it, but if I were to if I were to go after everyone that uh, ever said anything bad about me, I, there's there's not enough time in my life to do that. There's just not. And 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 so that's what I mean by develop a thick skin. I can agree with that. I mean, I'm mean, not to not to jump off topic here, but I mean that's kind of what's going on with a lot of things. And you know, there's uh, there's too many too much apologies happening for everything that's being said. You know, I mean, people applaud a company like WWE, but as we we were shown throughout the night, it's still very much racially typecasted. Akira Tozawa is a fucking ninja, um, you know. Yeah. All the all the Mexicans are on the same fucking side. Yeah. You know, fighting a white messiah. You know what I mean? I, the the black guys stay with the black guys essentially. You know what I mean? Or it's just there's a lot of racial typecasting that's happening in WWE that doesn't get talked about enough. And, and you know what? You know, you listen. You look at other media, and I'm not going to go into. You know, I, I'm not going to talk about like all the stuff that's happening in the world. But like, there's a lot of things that's being being like hated now for 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 multiple reasons. That just because sensitivity is at an all time high. Um, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think on, on so many cases, you know, you just you're just going to have to fucking deal with the way of the world. That does not apply to boys will be boys. Again, keep your fucking hands to yourself. Right. I mean that, that that applies to everybody. That fucking applies to everybody. You know, one thing that uh, my my uh, my sisters who are instilled in their children at a young age, you know, it's like it's okay even as a child to you know, go to your to a relative and say who wants a hug and be like, no, I don't want one. Yeah. Go. Guess what? That relative doesn't need to be touching you then. Right. They're not doing anything wrong. They just don't want to be touched, yeah. and it's okay to not want to be touched. Yep. It's okay. So for the other person, keep your fucking hands to yourself. Don't touch them. It's that simple. And if you do, then you need to be dealt with. You need to be fucking dealt with. And if I'm if I'm running a wrestling company, you got no room in my fucking locker room. You just got no room in my locker room. You got men and women. You know, <laughs> men are wearing fucking practically nothing. Women are wearing practically nothing. You know, yeah, there's going to be eye candy on both sides, on all sides of things. You want to look at it that way. And that's one thing. But again... You don't. It does. You don't need to make it a conversation. It doesn't need to be said. No. Just do your fucking job. Do your job. Get your fucking paycheck and go the fuck home. It's that simple. You're not gonna have any problems if you don't start any problems. Nine times out of ten, <laughs> you know. So it, yeah, I, I I agree with that, you know. But also too, you know, again, when it comes to when it comes to something as serious as as, as rape and shit like that, like. It doesn't need to be fucking said. It just, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't. And when the point that I was trying to make earlier was, you know, it's like somebody in close proximity. In most, in most jobs, like you're gonna cause, 
you're going to cause a lot of fucking problems with the people that you're working with as far as, you know, as far as, you know, the, them being comfortable going to work and most places you're, you're probably going to lose your job. Look, look, is it a perfect system? Absolutely not. And it's never going to be. And that's where thick skin also has to come in, into place too. And, uh, you know, I, I've had these conversations with my girlfriend, with my girlfriend all the time. It's, you know, it's, um, Nobody ever asked to be in that situation, you know. I, I not to go on this other tangent, but nobody ever asked to be in a situation where you're being gawked at or being right. And you're not asked. You're not saying it. it's not about the clothes you wear, this or that. Having said that, you you need to always be prepared, no matter what. You have to always be prepared of of eyes being at you. Always be prepared at. At, at, at things can happen at any at any moment in time, and it sucks. It sucks that it's that way, but that's just how it goes, unfortunately. Until we, as a society, fix ourselves, and until then, we just like everything else, we shouldn't attack single individuals. Again, if they commit crimes, they need to pay for those crimes. But after that, you know, we we can't just sit there and say like they're the root of all evil. When it's the system as a whole that needs to change, but it's a uh, you know it, it's it's a sad it's a sad moment right now because I didn't I, I wanted to go into this, this this first episode talking about something positive about wrestling being back and unfortunately we had to talk about this shit, but it's happening it's happening it's real and uh, it, it needs to be discussed you know we can't we can't take the ostrich approach and, and just put our heads in the sand and pretend it's not happening. Well, it's it's part of the ever-changing landscape that is pro wrestling yeah. these days and you know whether whether we want it to be or not it is. It is a part of it and uh, it, it's something to the it's something with that carries so much gravity that it's going to change the entire industry. Mhm. So these these next weeks and months and years up ahead of us, we're going to see a big change in in professional wrestling, and hopefully it's a completely positive one. Yeah, you know. And and my thing is too, you know, I don't value human or excuse me, I don't I don't value my favorite wrestlers over human life. You know, if if, if my favorite wrestlers are being pointed out to being abusers, then much as I'm going to miss them, they got to go. You know, we, we wrestling has got to evolve just like life has to evolve. And we can't continue to live in the past. And uh, these past behaviors that have existed for, for decades in the wrestling industry, it, it's it's time to change. It's time to change. And so many companies like AEW, like an Impact Wrestling, with, again, with the the world champion is a, is a female, um, you know, they've shown, they've shown that, they, you know, that's, that's what that's exactly what they want to do is change and i continue to support that 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 forward movement and and hope that uh, equality continues throughout pro wrestling as well as life in general um but uh, this is i think this is going to be a topic that's going to be brought up again because again there's going to be more things that are going to come into light and uh uh we're definitely going to be discussing more of this in the upcoming weeks ladies and gentlemen um we're going to wrap this up but uh we're gonna wrap it up with uh, something that I don't even know if we need a, a lot of time because we don't. I don't know how legit this really is. Okay. You know, because um, it's pro wrestling, and when it comes to retirements, <laughs> I mean they're they're about as real as kayfabe is. Yeah, right. So, 
with that being said, uh, this past week or last week, whatever it was, uh, some point in June, it was announced that The Undertaker, Mark, Call- Mark Calloway, the man behind The Undertaker, is stepping away from the ring for good. One, are, are you are you buying that? Uh, and and uh, and two, his last match being a movie match. I mean, what say you to that? I mean, is that is that a good way to go out? Normally, I would say no. But in in the case of Mark Calloway, in the case of the Undertaker. It is, and I'll tell you why. I think for the past at least five years, and I think I'm being conservative with that number. Um, <laughs> Very. I think over the past five years, he he has been of the opinion of like he doesn't want to do this anymore. But he also he's, he for for as long as I can remember hearing about it. He's been that guy in the locker room that carried the company flag. And he was there to whip guys into shape. He was there to, you know, support the talent. He was there to do everything he thought was right to to make the company a success. To make that locker room a success. And he's tired. He gets tired. You know, somebody who carries anything like that with them on their back day in, day out, they get tired. And he's done. But there's something I've learned about professional wrestling and wrestlers. You don't really ever retire. (laughs) You don't. They can say, they can say they retire, but you don't. Because you've been doing it for so damn long... That it really is in your blood. And as much as you want to stop doing it or you want to be away from it, it never completely goes away. And, I mean, you could name off anybody, and I'll tell you exactly what their situation is. You know, Kurt Angle, you think if he if his neck wasn't uh, fucked up, and he wasn't able to get around like, or, or if he was able to get around like he used to, you think he still wouldn't be wrestling? Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Yeah, Rick Flair. Rick Flair. He retired, and he the first thing out of his mouth was, "I'm not retiring." You know, Sting, another one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Any, you name them, anybody. Anybody. Mick Foley. How many and, times he yeah. retired? You know. And so, <laughs> Terry Funk. <laughs> And so now, and I'll say something, and, and again, um, I don't know how, how big this will become, but I think Mark Calloway is tired of being The Undertaker. I think Mark Calloway is, being, is, is tired of being The Undertaker for the WWE. And I say it that way because, yep, go ahead, take your time, be with your family. Spend time with your wife. Spend time with your children. I get that for sure. Mm. Spend time with your friends. Absolutely. But there's going to be a day where you're going to want to come back. And for Mark Calloway, as much as people are are probably going to disagree with me here, 
I think he'll want to come back, but I think it won't be for the WWE. I don't think he wants to come back there. And I, I say that because, if you remember, he had such a problem with in a, a public appearance. He was at a comic book convention or, or like a Comic-Con uh, mm. style convention. Yeah. Where he was booked at the same venue for the same show with a bunch of AEW guys. And his company and Vince McMahon told him he could no longer do that show because there were AEW guys there. He had zero problems with doing that show. But the WWE told him no, he couldn't do it. And so he, again, towed the company line and he didn't do the show. I think once he is free and clear of the WWE... We're going to see much more of that from Mark Calloway. Because let's face it, he's at that point in his life where he has obtained that level of success. Mm -hmm. To where, guess what? If he wants to go and sign autographs for money and not have to wrestle for it, absolutely he's going to make that happen. Yeah, I would. Why not? Yeah. So I'll say it that way. Um, am I saying he's going to go and end up in AEW? No. Is it a, is, is there a possibility? Absolutely. We know uh, Tony Khan is a huge fan. And, you know, the, the, a lot of talent, older talent, have been approached by Tony Khan and the Khan family to, hey, the door's open. If you're willing to step through, we'll have you. He's one of them. And he doesn't have to come back as The Undertaker there. You know, even if it was okay with Vince McMahon, mm -hmm. which it's not going to be. Right. But he can come back as Mark Calloway. He can come back and, and, and still be a part of professional wrestling, actual professional wrestling, mind you, and, and, and possibly step into a role that he feels comfortable with, whether it be a road agent or... You know, something to give back to the business. So, are you retired for now? Yes. Are you retired forever? I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said there. Um, the Undertaker retiring in a in a gimmick match. I mean, he is a gimmick, so I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> um, and, and and I was going back and forth with that, anyways, because. It's like the Undertaker doing that kind of match. You know, is that really what your last match wants to be? But the reality is, even if he wanted to, with all due respect to the man behind the Undertaker, he can't pull off a good match anymore. No, he can't. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So if we can do it this way and actually make him look impressive, then fine, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. As much as I despise that match. That is the best fit for him. As far as him being retired, I agree exactly. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I hope he does take that route because he doesn't... There's nothing there anymore besides a cheap pop. And that's all he's become is a cheap pop. And if you listen to Mark Calloway talk about his wrestling career, I, I just... I don't buy into the fact that he's okay with being a cheap pop. He's not. 
He no can't one, no go one, anymore. No one should be. <laughs> no one should be. The fact is, I mean, people are. There are people that do exist that sure, are yeah. okay with being cheap pops. But, like, again, you, you know, The Undertaker's a guy that, that pride himself on his conditioning, pride himself on having good matches, great matches. It's to, From him doing that to what he's become, and it's not an insult on him. I'm not making fun of him. He's just, you know, Father Time has caught up to him. His body has, has, has broken down. That happens to everybody. It just, it's just the reality of human nature. Legacies, as far as, as as far as if this is if we are done seeing the Undertaker, I, I will say this: you know, his legacy for me is everything you said already. It, you know, we talk about the gimmick, as cool as that was growing up. Hearing the behind the scenes of the Undertaker, of Mark Calloway, the professional wrestler, the the ringleader, the locker room leader. That kind of mentality, I don't. I'm not gonna say it doesn't exist anymore because it does. But to have that total package as a whole inside the ring and outside the ring, because it's one thing to be an amazing talent inside the ring, but be a complete utter douchebag. <laughs> We've seen that so many times, <laughs> very many times, so many times throughout the throughout throughout the uh, throughout history in wrestling. But for him to be the guy that who he is, getting young guys over. Having matches with guys, having great matches with guys who just had no business being in the ring with him because they weren't up to his par. That's the kind of that 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 kind of talent does not come all the time, and that's the one thing you know. Take away the gongs, take away the you know the, the fancy ring attire and the ring entrance. You have one of the most pure talents. That has ever existed in, in the business, and uh, you know it's been an absolute pleasure watching them. And, and this isn't one of those retirements that's heartbreaking to me, because my only gripe about the Undertaker is that he retired way too late. If he is indeed retiring, he retired way too late. He retired too late. the The Roman Reigns match a few years ago that was too late, but how he left that ring. That was a, a much better send-off. That was a send-off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I would have been okay with that. Um, you know, he was not okay with the match, and that's why he came back, and he felt he had something to prove, yada, 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 whatever. But um, my only thing, again, is that he stayed around well past his welcome, and... Uh, you got to see human nature take effect. And when guys are able to walk away at the right time, whether it be from their own doing or from just listening to their body, you know, it just, it has a better effect for me. But other, but with that being said, it doesn't tarnish his legacy for me because again, one of the best pure talents that, that we've ever seen in the business. Well said. Well said. And uh, on that note, that's uh, that's gonna do it for us for episode uh, ninety ninety seven because it's time to call it a day. Um, but before we do that, want to give a special shout out to our good friends at Junction Collectibles. You can buy anything that you can think of as far as collectibles are concerned. Funko Pops to attire to just anything you can think of. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to keep it wrestling related, they got plenty of wrestling stuff there for you as well. Visit their website at junctioncollectibles.site, that's S-I-T-E, and use the promo code 20X20July 
for a special 25% off your purchase. Again, that's junctioncollectibles.site, S-I-T-E, and use the promo code 20X20JULY for 25% off of your next purchase. Uh, don't forget, folks, we are on social media, facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our Facebook page, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk. You can come talk to us there in our own Facebook group. We are on Twitter at 20x20crew. We are on Instagram at 20x20crew. And, of course, our home on the web 20x20crew.com where you can find all of our past episodes merch collectibles you name it anything wrestling related that we're into it's gonna be on there and um dude it's it's nice being back in the saddle again yeah it's been nice uh being in front of this mic and talking professional wrestling and uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one, one, before we go, one thing that we want to do, you know, we've we've had some plenty of time of just, uh, I guess you could call it soul searching, if you will. We want to make some changes to this podcast, but we want to do this with your input. Is anything that you guys want to hear from us, or or or, th- or reaching out to us on social media, guys? That's something that we cannot stress enough. We definitely want to talk to you guys, talk pro wrestling. You guys disagree with anything? We, we always say hit us up on, on social media and, and tell us why you don't like it. We want to talk to you guys. We want to we implore you to to take advantage of all that and uh, and just join the community and let's let's talk professional wrestling and get back to the swing of things of that of, of, of the very industry that we all love. Whether you're our WWE marks, I still got love for you. I do. I do. But uh, on that note, that's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Until uh, next week, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see see you in the the ring. ring.